Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Smy Street Church Weekly Podcast. Pastor Werner is speaking today. You know, no matter your background, your age, or your story, we believe that you matter, and we would love to have you as part of the SSC family. So why not join in? Head to our website, ssc.church, and click the I'm New button. As we listen together, we hope that you'll be inspired to follow Jesus. Let's head on in. Good morning. So um, today is the last Sunday of the Eastern Christian calendar. Aren't you feeling enlightened to know that? So next Sunday is um, what we call Advent, the season of Advent. And, you know, a lot of people, <clears throat> including Christians, uh, they, they confuse uh, Christmas with Advent. A lot of people think that Christmas and Advent are synonymous words referring to the same thing. They're not the same. <clears throat> um, a lot of us jump out of Black Friday and we jump into Christmas. And... Um, Basically, uh, that is not, that is not, we, we get into the shopping and, and all the uh, gift wrapping and lights and everything, but Advent is, is a different thing. If Easter is the center of the gospel, the resurrection of Jesus in the church calendar, Advent is the the culmination, the epic, it's, it's the final Easter epic of the hope and victory of the Christian message. And so my main goal today <clears throat> is to uh, really explain to you the meaning of Advent and how powerful this is if we get a grisp, a grisp. wasn't that a nice word? I hope you get a grisp on this. <clears throat> All right? Uh, good? Are you ready? I heard a bunch over here, but over here you're not ready. You are, okay? So if they have my volume up a little bit, it's because I've had a sore throat, and they're trying to compensate for my weakness. All right? Um, before we get into Advent, though, today being the last Sunday of the Christian calendar, it's also a very special Sunday. Today is Christ the King Sunday. Is he the king or is he not the king? Right. All right. So it's a reminder that it's a reminder that Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In other words, he's the big boss. He's the kahuna of the universe. Amen? So stand please in honor of the king, and I'm going to read to you Psalm 72. Psalm 72 is kind of like what you would consider uh, a king psalm. And the church has always looked at this psalm as a kind of prophetic of who Jesus is. Psalm 72 says, Endow the king with your justice, O God, the royal son with your righteousness. May he judge your people in righteousness, 
your afflicted ones with justice. So the psalmist is saying, let the king bring justice to us. May the mountains bring prosperity to the people, the hills, the fruit of righteousness. May he defend the afflicted among the people and save the children of the needy. May he crush the oppressor. May he endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon through all generations. May he be like the rain falling on the mown field, like showers watering the earth. In his days, may the righteous flourish and prosperity abound till the moon is no more. May he rule from sea to sea and from a river to the ends of the earth. May the desert tribes bow before him and his enemies lick the dust. Woo, like it. Sounds like a Star Wars or something like that. May the desert tribes bow before him and his enemies lick... Oh, I already read that, sorry. I liked it so much I'm doing it again. May the kings of uh, Tarshish and of distant shores bring tribute to him. May the king of Sheba and Seba present him gifts. May all the kings bow down to him and all nations serve him for he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence for precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. It's another way of saying, long live the king. That was a poor response. <laughs> Long live the king. <laughs> may, gold, may gold of Sheba be given him. May people ever pray for him and bless him all the day long. May grain abound throughout the land and the tops of the hills may it sway. May the crops flourish like Lebanon and thrive like the grass of the field. May his name Endure forever, and may it continue as long as the sun. Then all the nations will be blessed through him, and they will call him blessed. Blessed be to the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does marvelous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, I pray that... uh, that we would captivate, captivate the absolute amazing meaning of the word Advent. And this season that we come into, may it be real to us in an outstanding way. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. In Boston... There is this a beautiful Anglican church building called the Church of the Advents. Very close, just crossing over the Charles River, is the notorious Harvard University. There the famous psychology professor Stephen Pinker, who is famous in all the psychology world, teaches that the enlightenment and science, because of those elements, life on earth is improving for humanity. 
Pinker acknowledges the problem of human evil, but he genuinely believes that human progress and the advancement of science and technology can solve the problem of the human race and the evil that we encounter. Really, think about that. Since the science revolution and the age of enlightenment, we have had two major world wars. We have seen the atomic bomb destroy thousands of people. Many wars around the world, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Iraq-Iran War. Many of us remember the Afghanistan War. I don't know if you remember the shock and awe. And I cried as I watched the bombs landing and blowing up all kinds of innocent people. We've seen genocide all over the world. Thousands of people murdered. Guerrilla war. Ukraine and Russia. What a stupid war. And now the news is filled with Israel, Hamas. We have the deadliest weapons ever known to mankind. Crime, violence, terrorism, um, murders, drug abuse, human trafficking. What a tragedy that is. Racism, suicide, sexual abuse. All of them on a rise. Our prisons are full. Long, uh, Lance Morrow, uh, who is very known for his articles on Time magazine, speaking of the 20th century era of the world and the wars and genocide, he said this, instead of a growing enlightenment, it seems more like an endarkment. Christ in Scripture pushes back at this optimistic idea that humans eventually will resolve the problem of evil in the world. So what we have is the two sides of the Charles River are diametrically opposed. Jesus, for Christians, is the, is the solution for the world, not humanism. Advent answers the question that we've been looking at for the last two three, four weeks. Where is God when it hurts? The Advent season helps us understand the endarkment of humanity and what is God's answer to the world. The Christian message of the gospel, what we call the good news, begins and ends with Advent. It is, it is God's solution to the problem of evil and suffering to the problem of sickness, to the problem of war, to the problem of injustice. As you look at the news, and some people even turn it off because they don't want to see it anymore. As you look at the news, there has to be a different solution. And Advent tells us God's plan for the solution. The word Advent comes from a Latin word, 
And I love to say it because I took Latin for two years. And it's my only chance to say the word in Latin. Aventus. Doesn't that sound cool? Try it. Aventus. In just sort of Roman guard. Aventus. And it means arrival. It means the coming. Um, it's an interesting word. It was a very popular word in the time of the New Testament. Because the Romans, in, in, in many of the cultures, the Greek cultures, they had the, the custom of the emperor would come to a city and it would be announced that he was coming. And he would come on horseback and he would come with his, his entourage of, of armies and he would enter, he would come to the city and the people in the city would rush out to welcome the king or the emperor, the, 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 the mighty strong person that was coming. And that was what they referred to as Aventus. It was such a, an important celebration that they, in, in your screens, and those of you who are at home, it, be on your screens, they, they made coins in, in, in celebration of this uh, very important event. It, 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 is, it is the depiction, and you can see even on the coin, the depiction of the emperor with his arms raised, coming with power. To enter the city. Arrival. Eventus. Does this sound familiar to you as a Bible person? Like I think of, I think of two. And there's many. But I think of two in particular. One, one is Zechariah. What's Zechariah? This, this idea of the, the, the king, the emperor. Coming to the city on horseback. Triumphant. And here it is. Zechariah referring to the arrival of Jesus in Jerusalem. Rejoice, says Zechariah 9.9. He predicts this. It's prophetic. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Aventus. He is just in having salvation. Lonely and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So when the people were, were rushing out to welcome Jesus and they were saying, Hosanna in the highest, that was their idea. They, they understood that was culturally acceptable that he would come and he would, he would be the king. Another example comes in Revelation 19, the last book of the Bible. And, and this is what it says, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. See, there's the, the champion coming. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like the, a flame of fire. And in, in, on his head were many crowns. His name is called the word of God. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. And with it he should strike the nation. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. Aventus. Advent is a celebration of the coming king. With justice, he brings peace. He brings, he brings uh, um, righteousness to the earth. And the prophets, they prophesied about it. And the Psalms talk about it. About this coming one. The one that was coming. And they spoke about it. Like Daniel. Is one example. 
Daniel 7.13 says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, sovereign power. All nations and people of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion and will not pass away for his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. After Jesus rose from the dead, he he gathered his disciples and he gave them instructions for 40 days. And then he took them to the mountain. And as, as he prayed for them, it, the, the, the disciples recall in the gospels that he was lifted up into heaven. And as they were gazing into the clouds in heaven, two angels stood beside them and they said these words, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. The last book of the Bible, the last chapter, the last verse signs off what we call the Bible, signs off in Revelations twenty-two twenty with these words, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Can we say that? Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. If I was Wayne, I'd sing it. <clears throat> How many are grateful that I'm not singing it? I'm looking around. But it's oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Do you know that that is not a carol? We sing it at, at Christmas, but that's not a carol. The composer of that song was not referring to the first coming of Christ, to the birth of Christ. The composer of that song was talking about the king coming. And it's an invitation to say, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And if you look at the words, it's not about Christmas. It's about the king, Aventus, coming to the earth. The season of, of, of Advent celebrates the coming of Christ from three different perspectives. Number one, the physical coming of Christ in Bethlehem that we so much know. The, the number two, the spiritual coming of Christ into the hearts of believers. How many have invited Jesus the King into your hearts? See, that, that, is, that is also the coming of Christ inside of you. And the third one is the final coming of Christ in the future. And that all is Advent. Advent is that, is, is that one central core teaching and doctrine of the church, what the church believes. It was interesting that in the year uh, 325, all the leaders of the church all around the world, all the bishops, all were invited to this place in Greece called Nicaea. And they traveled from far, from Asia, Africa, Europe. They traveled, not America, because there wasn't, yet around, discovered, I guess. <clears throat> and they all came to, to decide on one thing and one thing alone. And that was, what are the cardinal things, what are the fundamental things that we as Christians believe? 
And so they had days of discussion and, and, and they talked it through and they came up with what is called the Nicene Creed. You got one when you came in. How many got one when you came in? <clears throat> and if you're online and, and you, you want one, you can, you can write us and we'll send you one. Or you can actually Google it and you'll find it. But here's, here's what it starts saying. It's the, it's the fundamental declaration of who God the Father is. I believe in one God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and all things visible and invisible. It is particularly worded that way because some people said that he did not create the invisible world, just the visible world. And, and the, the, the fathers of the faith said, no, 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 no. He created everything. And then it goes on to now talk about Jesus. It says, we believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. And it goes down, down farther. It says, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. That's Aventus. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and became a man. That is, that is the whole Christmas story. All of that is, is important, is fundamental. And then he goes on and says, and he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no ends. And then it ends after, there's other, other things that we don't have time to go into, but then the creed ends by saying, we look forward we look forward the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. See, Advent is so critically entrenched in, in our faith that is actually part of, of, the, of the sacrament of Eucharist, the communion. Paul says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, he says, I, as often as you eat the bread... And drink the cup. You proclaim the Lord's death. What's the next part? Until he comes. So when we have communion. And we are remembering the first advent of Christ. What he did on the cross for us. We are recognizing that he lives within us. And with each other. And we're part of a community of believers that have received the king in our heart. And then we also recognize that he will come again. That, that, is, that, that is those three elements of Advent. Let, let me just look at some, some of the things that happened in the first coming. The one that we celebrate at Christmas. It says, the word became flesh. We read it. We've been reading through John. And we started with John 1. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is the coming the birth, the shepherds, the, the magi, all that, that is part of the, the beginning of the understanding of Advent. The savior of the world. Jesus then dies on the cross for the sins of the world. And we, we, we read that, if you're reading with us, John, we read that this last week. How Jesus died on the cross for us. And then this week, we'll be reading about the resurrection. And so this element of the Advent is, is the kingdom has come. When Jesus would perform a miracle or set someone free from a demon possession, he would always say, the kingdom of God has come to you. The kingdom has come. 
The second element of the kingdom is the inner coming. All who receive him. It says in John 1.12, to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And that is basically you saying to Jesus, just like going out of the city and inviting the emperor, you're coming from your throne and your life. And you're saying, Jesus, I invite you into my life to be my king, to be my Lord. Jesus says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I will come. So if you've never opened your life to him, he, because of his first coming, has opened the door for you to receive him in your life. How many here have received Christ in your life? It's, it's, it's a transformation that happens. The Bible calls it born again, born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. And then what happens is he now is in the church. How many know the definition of church? <laughs> definition of church. Christ in you the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say it again. I'm going to drill that into our heads until we know it. The definition of church. How about we switch it around? Christ in me, the hope of glory. So it's amazing. Now the first part of the advent is the kingdom has come. Now the kingdom is in you. The king is working through you. He is doing his work through us. What a marvelous understanding. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, living inside of us, doing his work. And then the second coming, we have these elements, the resurrection of the dead. We read this last week. Pastor Wayne, where are you, Pastor Wayne? Over here. Pastor Wayne read this last week. We do not want you to grieve as others who have no hope. Remember we read that? If you were here? For we believe, it's not on the screen. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. The Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend... From heaven, Aventus, and the dead in Christ will rise. And we who are alive and remain will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. So he said, I don't want you to grieve like other people. Don't, 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 don't grieve. You know, we grieve when somebody dies, but we don't grieve like other people. Paul says, because you need to know that we will rise again. So when, when my friend um, Ken Parker passed away a few weeks ago, and he was a very close friend of mine, people came and tried to comfort me. And that, and that was lovely, by the way. But do you know how they comforted me? Oh, Ken is in heaven. I believe Ken is in heaven. I believe that in paradise. I believe that when you die, you're to be absent of the body, present with the Lord. But Paul does not use that to comfort us. 
He doesn't say, don't grieve like other people because they are in heaven. He doesn't say that. He says, don't grieve like other people because Jesus will come back again and the dead in Christ will rise. That's how he comforts us. Because that's the ultimate end of Advent of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, not on the screen again. The trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this corruptible body must put on incorruptible, and this mortal body must put on immortality. Then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. This corruptible body, I don't know if you've noticed, but you have a corruptible body. I looked in the mirror this morning. I saw a corruptible. In fact, I got real close and said, oh my goodness. Are you serious? Now, you guys can put makeup and all that kind of stuff and look really nice, but I, I, when the makeup goes, you have a corruptible body. <laughs> but the hope of a... Of Advent, the hope of Advent is that Jesus will come back and he will bring back our lives into incorruptible bodies. That is the gospel. I want you to know that is what the Bible teaches us. Look at Revelation. Just one more verse. Revelations 21.4. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, there shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Justice will be done. Satan's kingdom will be destroyed. Evil will be no more. Endarkment will end. Creation restored. The Bible says the lamb will lay down with the lion. Every time I see death in nature, I, I, I think, wow. Like... Sure, it's fascinating to see um, a lion tear apart a, a deer. I'm, they film it and everything. I look at it and I say, there's going to be a day that's never going to happen again. The deer will not flee from the lion. And we don't have time to get into that, but the kingdom of God will be on earth. The first advent prepares us for the advent in our hearts. It's, it's, it, it prepares us. And the advent in our hearts prepares us for the final advent. It's, it's, it's like, like I, I, I put it on the screen. I hope you see it at home. It's like a train that has the engine, the cabin, and the caboose. The engine is what drives the train. The gospel, the Jesus coming, dying on the cross, raising from the dead, drives the whole advent story. But in the middle, people are getting on board Remember that song, get on board, little children, get on board. We have that opportunity. But then there's coming the caboose, and the caboose is the final thing, the final end of what God wants to do on planet Earth. Do you want to know what planet Earth will feel like when Jesus returns? Do you want me to tell you what it will be like? Let me, let me um, just soothe my throat here a minute. 
How many here have ever gone to Costco? Come on. Raise your hand. Here's another question. You know those little displays where they have samplers? Oh. Huh? Some of you go at supper time and try to get an appetizer for supper. <laughs> you know, they, they, they have a little table there and they, and they have these little things with little samplers. What is that, sir? Uh, ma'am? What? Oh, this is a new European cottage cheese. It's so rich and so lovely. And, and they and you taste it and you go, oh, wow, that is fantastic. And then you get a big thing of it. Because they tell you it's on sale right now for $27.99. <laughs> and so you take it home and you arrive at the house and you unpack it and you say to your family, come, come. And then you don't have to have little samplers. Wayne, he, he goes to Costco too. Of course I do. Pastor Chad takes his whole family. And that's true. He's back there. It's true. And then he swings over to the hot dog stand for a dollar or whatever. But here's the point I make. You want to know what the cheese is going to taste like, you know it by the sampler. The first advent, as you read through the Gospels, there's samples. It's just... We start with John, like for instance, John 5. The healing of the paralyzed man. Can you imagine for a moment what that must have been like? This guy's paralyzed from his childhood and Jesus heals him. And it says that he picked up his bed and he's jumping and he's going, I'm healed, I'm healed. Can you imagine that being when Jesus comes, every paralyzed person will be jumping in the world saying, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. Oh, you, you talk about a little piece, what happened to my mic? You talk about a little piece of cheese, it, the world will be filled with amazing Blind people seeing, deaf people hearing, uh, little children that are deformed being straightened all over the world. Do you, you realize what that is? I mean, you, you, in John 6, the next chapter, he feeds 5,000. You know what that is? That's a little bit of cheese for God. It's just God saying, here, do you want a little sample? Why? Because when he comes, there will be no famine. There will be no hunger. There will be no persons going without. There will be plenty of, you know, they, they 12 basketfuls. There will be plenty of food for everybody because Jesus is coming. And what he did for that one little crowd of 5,000, he will do for the entire world. <laughs> Lazarus coming out of the grave. Oh, my goodness. And Jesus, you know what he said, Wayne? He said, Lazarus, come forth. And, and out comes Lazarus. And the, you imagine the people? You imagine the people going, check it out. He's alive. Can you imagine? The Bible says that when Jesus comes, all the dead in Christ will rise. Can you just imagine for a moment what that will be like? 
when Jesus, when the voice of God says, says, Ken Parker, come out! And Ken Parker will jump out and he'll go, ah! You imagine what's happening? Bill Dross, come out! Ruth Dross, Mary, come out! All these people, come out, come out! And, and all over the world, it'll be like, what on earth is this? That's, that's Advent. That's what that is. Have you ever felt the peace of Jesus? How many felt the peace of Jesus? How many felt the presence of Jesus? The wonderful presence of Jesus. You know what the Bible says? That the earth will be filled with the presence of God. Wow. Have you ever felt the love of Jesus? That's just a piece of cheese, my friend. The whole world will be filled with the love of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Advent. That is Advent. That is what it is. I can imagine somebody saying to you, you really believe that? You really believe that? Of course I do. I believe that just the same way as I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. You know why I can tell you I believe that? Because myself, with thousands of people for hundreds of years, have prayed this prayer. I believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth. And then his prayer was, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What is the next line? And then it finishes up and it says, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Woo! Boy, hallelujah. 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 I believe in it. I believe in it. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to close saying joy to the world. But here's the thing you need to know. Joy to the world is not a Christmas song. Just I ruined your Christmas. I know I did. Isn't it? No, 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 no. Like Eisen Watts in 1719 composed this. He was a pastor and he was doing a series on Psalms. And he read he, his Psalm for that Sunday was Psalms 98. And here's what it says. Can you read it out loud with me? Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Why? And so he composed this song to go along with the sermon. It had nothing to do with the birth of Christ, which is wonderful and beautiful. It had nothing to do with the manger scene. It was all to do with the king is going to come back and do justice in the world. And he said, joy to the world, the Lord is come. So here's the thing. Why doesn't it say joy to the world, the Lord has come? Well, because yes, he did come. But he still is coming. And he's coming in all our hearts. And he's coming all over the world in people's hearts. And someday he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Life everlasting. Hallelujah. All right. All right. May you have a wonderful Advent. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Amen. We're so glad that you've joined us. You know, you are part of something bigger and we want to invite you 
to get involved, to really be part of the team. You can help make ministry happen either by volunteering or by financially partnering with us. If you'd like to give, you can head over to ssc.church give, and you can even sign up for automatic withdrawals so that you know that your money is consistently making a difference and you are inspiring others to follow Jesus. Why not start today? Head on over to ssc.church give and sign up today. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you in the week to come.